Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 76. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here with my senior reporter, Michael Heller. Michael, welcome. Good to be back. Mike is uh, stepping in for Peter Lotion, our site editor today. Peter is taking the afternoon off, and uh, the joke's on him, because we're going to have a great conversation, or I should say conversations, but Peter probably needed a break from Chernobyl, considering all the... Uh, the hot takes we've been throwing around back and forth these days. Uh, well, he might be thankful that he's not in here on this one because we are going to be discussing a very thorny subject, and it's probably putting it lightly. We are going to be discussing the latest with the controversy around Kaspersky Lab, and this is not an easy one. <laughs> no. there's, this is muddy, to say the least. There's a lot of moving parts here, and... We're going to do our best not to speculate about what's really going on. We want to cover the the three big stories that have come out this week. We're recording this on uh, Friday the 13th. Great. Uh, recording this on Friday afternoon, October 13th. This week there were three big stories, uh, and we want to discuss them and kind of go over them and sort of ask some questions about what's going on and and what we would like to see the questions that we would like to have answers we don't have the answers we're going to try not to speculate and render judgments on the reporting here or kaspersky's guilt or innocence or or any of that but there's there's so much going on with this and it's really fascinating so we figured a podcast would be a better way to uh, tackle this this controversial subject matter so, quick recap, uh, October 10th, New York Times comes out with a bombshell report, the first of the three. The headline was, is, how Israel caught Russian hackers scouring the world for US secrets. And I guess I should re read the lead because we've discussed this a number of times, Mike. Uh, the lead quote is, quote, it was a case of spies watching spies watching spies, colon. Israeli intelligence officers looked on in real time as Russian government hackers searched computers around the world for the code names of American intelligence programs. What gave the Ru uh, Russian hacking detected more than two years ago such global reach was its improvised search tool, antivirus software made by a Russian company, Kaspersky Lab, that is used by 400 million people worldwide, including... Uh, by officials at some two dozen American government agencies. That's the first story. Then we get into the next story, the Washington Post story that comes, I, I thought it actually came the next day, it came later that day on October 10th. Uh, this story was, the headline was, Isra uh, Israel hacked Kaspersky then tipped the NSA that its tools had been breached. This takes the, the whole outline that New York Times presented a step further, Israel government hackers saw something suspicious. They had hacked into uh, Kaspersky lab. They saw suspicious activity. They observed Russian hackers apparently in Kaspersky's network monitoring this stuff. And we're gonna, you're making a face, Mike. We're gonna get to that in a minute. Uh, this goes a step further. It says Israel, the, the, the Israeli government hackers found uh, not only the Russian hackers inside the uh, Kaspersky network, they found hacking tools that had, that quote, 
could only have come from the National Security Agency. And then they tipped off the government and said, hey, your cyber weapons are in Kaspersky. What's up with that? <laughs> and then the third story from the Wall Street Journal came the next day, and it basically it went a step yet further and talked about how the government believes that it, that Kaspersky Lab was running these scans, whether the whether the brass at Kaspersky knew that or not, it's not clear. But they were running their AV virus scans, looking for terms like classified top secret, looking specifically for documents, and was apparently giving this information to FSB, GRU, Russian intelligence agency. That's a lot to unpack. There's a lot going on here. I guess we should start with the the first big question, sort of the buried lead in all this. Israel hacked Kaspersky. You wrote about this last, I believe, last year or two years ago. It was in 2015. There was a story about Duku malware being detected in Kaspersky. Kaspersky came out and they said, "Oh, this we've been hacked. We've been breached. This malware." we found it in our in our systems and eugene kaspersky made this big statement and then they kaspersky issued this report sort of detailing the breach uh now do you remember that story i did not remember that story <laughs> at all no I was, neither did i i was very surprised that you said i wrote it neither did i so i went back and i looked at it and sure enough uh kaspersky in their sort of detailed post-breach reports, their statements, they said they believed it was a nation-state attack. They believed, uh, you know, they didn't attribute it to Israel or any other, you know, government, but they said that it's, it, you know, Duku uh, 2.0 mal uh, malware shows uh, s similarities to um, Stuxnet which we know is connected to the Israeli government. And so that, I went back and I looked at that and I said, oh man, they are pegging this breach. Whoever these sources were that, that came out to the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, they're pegging this on Israel. I was pretty shocked by that. And this, like, there's been no attention to the fact that a friendly, government of the United States hacked into a major antivirus, a major security firm, one of the top AV program, uh, 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 providers in, in the world, whether they're Russian or not, set aside all the geopolitical stuff. Like that's, that's pretty big news. That's, that's a criminal hack. That is a, that is a big story on its own, even aside from everything else that we're, uh, we're hearing. But even this, it, this, this hack happened two years ago. Yeah. Supposedly, the Israel government warned the NSA that they found cyber weapons. So, then there was two years. Two years. Yeah. Where nothing happened, and then, you know, there was suspicion that Russia hacked our elections, and a lot of Russian fear going on. Yeah. Now we're getting these these reports that one after another too yeah like, one after like another three three the three biggest papers you have yeah one after another and it's not really clear that 
like okay when did they when did the NSA know they had been breached like when did the NSA know that or when were they told by Israeli intelligence and that's and that's kind of the story that's been buried a lot is so there, there's all this these questions that we have about you know what happened at Kaspersky what did they know what was being done intentionally and what was not but the fact still is the NSA yet again lost cyber weapons yeah this is not the first time this has happened this yeah. is the third time that we know of mm -hmm. that a contractor has taken NSA cyber weapons put it on a personal device which must be illegal I have to believe it's illegal sure and then lost them yeah or I'm one in one in two cases they were taken act you know actively stolen Active, yeah right this one stolen, appears stolen. to be a mistake right but well, although some people are seem skeptical some of the, the experts in in you know infosec natsec that I, I follow seem to I think it was I think Bruce Schneier said I flat out I don't buy this I don't buy that someone if you if you if you are in a role like that you know you're not supposed to do this this is not an accident I thought that was interesting uh, aside from from all that it does I mean it raises questions about I mean we, we there's there have been issues with Russia geopolitical issues with Russia long before the presidential election uh, Romney when he was running in 2012 he said Russia is the biggest threat to the United States like he, he made no and we laughed at him so I'm not sure how again like why did it take this long to take action against Kaspersky if this information was known at a relevant point last year or even in 2015 that hack in 2015 was in I'm trying to remember when it was disclosed I'll find the byline right here it was June I think it was June was when you wrote the story I think they said the intrusion may have been, happened in May or it was detected in May I just it's just weird it's a little strange I guess part of it could be attributed to the changeover in administrations in the US you know it's kind of hard to to keep a ball like that in the air when you have such a big overhaul yeah in government um, yeah. but at the same time it at least from these reports it seems like we still just don't really know what happened. Yeah. Like the 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 New York Times report and the Washington Post report have vague implications that Kaspersky was somehow in on it or knew what right. was happening, but at least in those two reports it's pretty easy to read it as just Kaspersky was also hacked by the Russian government. That's what it sounds like to and me. Yeah. It wasn't until the Wall Street Journal exactly. came out and said, "No, Kaspersky knew about this," or or a, they a, yeah. they they actively are helping. Yeah. Or there was an unnamed official who said, "There's basically I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have it right in front of me, but there's no way they didn't know. I mean, these are their AV scans. There's no one in the company that can see that it's scanning for suspicious things that." Yeah. You, you would have to program it to look for like yeah it, you know, it, they said oh, it was it specifically looking for files labeled classified that's I, and I and I kind of which 
how would they know that? I don't know. So this is this is where it gets even thornier. So uh, is it is it possible that I, I don't know? Is it possible that that Russian hackers? I don't see why not. The Russian hackers got into Kaspersky and were piggybacking on those EV, AV scans or so, were intercepting them and then using them to their advantage. That's very possible. Uh, another possibility, which was briefly mentioned in the Washington Post article, is that Kaspersky is the only AV company that has its traffic routed through ISPs that the Russian government, by law, has That's access right. to. That's right, yeah. And as a, a Russian company, Kaspersky has to get a license from the FSB to have encrypted traffic Russia does have laws on the books for responsible encryption as yeah. we're apparently now calling it. So mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. they have if they have a warrant, they can get access to these things legally. Yeah. Now Kaspersky has said many times that they don't have inappropriate relationships with any government. Right. But that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they don't comply with legal orders right i mean it would be similar to allowing the u.s government access to your encrypted communications when they want them whether you have a warrant or not i mean i guess you're supposed to have a warrant but according to uh the new responsible encryption edict that uh, we got from the doj this week but so an another question here is there a legit let's go to the NSA cyber weapons is there a legit reason that those hacking tools would be NSA hacking tools would be in Kaspersky's possession I mean the the explanation directly from Eugene Kaspersky it makes sense yeah. you know these these were files that were put on a personal system that had Kaspersky running on it that had the the cloud yeah. uh, functionality enabled and you know what NSA cyber weapons are? They're malware. They're exploits. They're and bad stuff. Of course you're going to get flagged. Kaspersky, you know, they designed their software very specifically to find malware. Right. And if, if they know it's malware, yeah. they're going to quarantine it. Yeah. He said that a couple times. Like, we're not going to apologize for being aggressive with our security. And I, like, I don't, I kind of read that. And I, and I said, I said, well, of course they have. I mean, I think we're forgetting that Kaspersky was the first company, maybe not to detect Equation Group, but they were the first to, to blow the lid off it. And they didn't attribute it to the U.S. They just said, this is an advanced nation-state hacking group. We've detected. It's doing X, Y, and Z. I think it was 2015 when they first issued the report. So, uh, yeah, of course. Like, if they see some like someone with malware, they're going to grab it. It's not, I, I don't, that didn't. Just because we don't know that this hasn't happened with other AV software. Right. Doesn't mean that, you know, McAfee doesn't, didn't also have cyber oh. weapons because, as we've seen, contractors will yeah. take things that they shouldn't, put them on systems that they shouldn't. Unbelievably. Yeah. And if there's if there's software that's designed to find malware. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
to get to a, yet another thornier point. So I asked if, if it's possible that these, you know, that, that it, Kaspersky's AV program and had been hacked, or is it, is it possible that, you know, hackers had, the, the Russian government had intercepted the traffic of, of the scans, sending information back to the mothership. But the Wall Street Journal story, like, like we've discussed, like that, that doesn't really, that doesn't enter the equation there. That story is basically saying the scans themselves were programmed to do this. It's not, it's not the Russian government intercepting the traffic and then sifting through it looking for files that may be labeled confidential. They're saying the scan was actively looking for this stuff. And a really, really important excerpt in that story, I, I wanna read it, I wanna make sure I get this right. It said, quote, for many months, U.S. intelligence agencies studied the software and even set up controlled experiments to see if they could trigger Kaspersky's software into believing it had found classified materials on a computer being monitored by U.S. spies, these people said. Those experiments persuaded officials that Kaspersky was being used to detect classified information. That's pretty damning. But my question is, is that still, like, is that... I, I, I have another question, but I want to get to the first question. Is that in itself, like, is it that bad? Like, is, is there a reason that it could be looking for stuff that's tagged confidential or tagged classified or? I can't think of a reason. Yeah. I mean, my, my first thought was maybe somebody who's developing malware would be doing this sort of thing, you know, label it as classified. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, if you have something that you don't want found on your computer, you name it something boring. That's yeah, like, right. That's sort of standard operating yeah. procedure. It's good opsec, not to label it. You know, do not look in here or or confidential or classified. But yeah, that's a hard one to get around. And I, I don't have the the Wall Street Journal report in front of me, but I believe part of it was that it wasn't just looking for words like classified, but they actually knew. It was actually searching for, like, code names, yeah, and things yeah. like that. So yeah. that it was more specific. Yeah. Than just so that is definitely, again, it's not good. But so now here's my next question. This has bugged me from the beginning. My question is, if if they did start looking into this, and they do have experiments that can prove that the the scans were looking for stuff that, that there's no reasonable explanation they should be looking for. Why was it necessary to do the anonymous sources in the New York Times and the Washington Post? Why was it necessary for them to say, oh, you, you want to know how we knew Kaspersky was up to no good? Because Israel told us because they hacked Kaspersky. They basically blew the lid off of a criminal covert op by a friendly government that they undoubtedly did not want to be blown. And... They did that to implicate Kaspersky. Well, if you could implicate, implicate Kaspersky and really seal this with those experiments, and you had data that they were doing these scans maliciously, then why not just say that? Why do you have to go out of the out of your way to blow up Israel and throw them under the bus? I, I don't understand that. It, that is so baffling to me. It, I mean, it doesn't even seem terribly necessary at no. this point. It doesn't. You the don't DHS, need to say how. 
you you came you found out. Yeah, I mean, it, you, I mean, what is what exactly is the point in implicating Kaspersky at this point in time? DHS has already banned banned them, banned them yeah. from government uh, use. Now Staples, Staples, and Best <laughs> Buy, and Office Depot stopped selling it yep. completely. Yeah, like nobody nobody's going to be using Kaspersky in America. Yeah. So what exactly are they getting out of it? What what is the end game here? I know it's not like there's a huge pushback. I mean, I know I'm a skeptic. I have gone to bat for Kaspersky. I beat up McAfee for what they did with their marketing. I have always said that I want, I'm not saying they're innocent. I want more evidence. And I don't think that companies like McAfee should resort to low blows until we have that evidence. When we get the evidence and it's locked down and yeah, go to town. But yeah, I've I've defended them, and I've, I've I think the way the government has gone about this has been totally wrong. But you're right; it's not like there's a lot of pushback. There's not a lot of voices out there saying the government's wrong, the government's wrong, the government's wrong. I have no, I can't imagine what the reason is for doing what they did with this. Yeah. With with, with these these government officials who said who said, oh, by the way, um, uh, Israel hacked Kaspersky, <laughs> and that's how we knew. Like yeah. that's amazing to me. And I don't remember which report it was, but there was one where they, it flat out said, oh, yeah. you know, the, the people who came forward and spoke on this are actively breaking confidentiality oh, yeah. agreements. Oh, yeah, it was the uh, New York Times, I think it was the first story. Yeah, they, like, so they they're, are, they're... They're demolishing classified, yeah, no, yeah. It's, but you bring up a good point, I guess to bring this to a, to, to a close here, you bring up a good point, like, what does it matter that Kaspersky, I mean, whether they're guilty or not, they're pretty much out of the picture now. They're not yeah. dead as a company. They're not, I don't think they're going to go away, but in terms of U.S. usage, yeah, it's looking real bad. It's looking real grim. I mean, I mean there's going to have to be quite a turnaround, uh, uh, an exoneration, like on many, many levels for them to sort of re like regain their reputation and, 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 and I mean, yeah, I mean, they, all of these leaks would have to be completely debunked. And then even on top of that, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't Kaspersky need to just completely sever itself from Russia, like move headquarters out of the country so that they wouldn't be under yeah, these laws? At the very least. Yeah. I mean, they they need to just separate themselves completely if That's a great if they even care about having a chance in the yeah. U.S. market again. No, I mean, I mean, you're right. If they're exonerated on these accusations, you're going to have people who are just going to turn around and say what they've been saying, what a lot of people in Congress and, and the government have been saying is, that, look, we we just don't know what type of pressure that company is under. If the government, if the Kremlin wants something, they're going to get it. And yeah, maybe there's a lot of truth to that. I'm no expert on Russia, but there's a lot of folks out there who have covered Putin and, and, the, and the current regime who say that's the way it is. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's incredible to me, though, that this has happened. I know this came out in the spring, but we're at a point now. It's not even been, I, you know, we're not even at the end of the year. And they're, they're, the way we think about them, their reputation, their business, they're one of the best AV companies out there. They're the best I've ever used. I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't know how high a hurdle or, or a bar that really sets, but and, yeah. And there's plenty of people on InfoSec Twitter who are saying, you know, 
even we're, we're just going to be losing out on all of the research that Kaspersky does. And they do do a lot of good I research. Mean, they have yeah. done a ton of great research. They've, you know, uncovered plenty of uh, threat groups and new malware and all of these things. And, and we're just going to, are we just going to start ignoring that? Because they're not going to stop doing the research no, that they're, they're doing. No. But are, are people going to stop believing it? I, 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 there I no there are ramifications all around this yeah. that are just because we don't really know what happened or in some cases what these reports and what these unnamed sources are actually alleging happened. Yeah. It's it's impossible to say what what's going to go from here. Yeah. But more stories are are they have to be coming, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is not done by any stretch. Well, I guess we'll leave it there until the next round of stories comes out and see where it takes us with the Kaspersky controversy, and it is a, a controversy. Mike, thanks for trying to untangle this topic with me. I appreciate your your time and your insight. I appreciate uh, having the time to get extremely depressed. <laughs> And thank you to the readers and listeners out there. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.